praise God. Again, I would like to welcome everyone today and especially our guests. If you're a guest with us today, we are so glad to have you in service with us this morning. And if this is your first or your second time with us, I invite you to stop by our welcome area in the back. A small token of appreciation to give you for being with us. If you're joining us online today, wherever you're joining us from, we pray that you are blessed by this service as well. Praise God. Psalm chapter, or the 30th Psalm, perhaps I should say. Once again this morning, I am going to uh, bank extended scripture reading for the future. I'm going to read one verse. Psalm 30, verse number 5. For His anger, yes, yes, the loving God, the loving God can get angry. His anger endureth but a moment. In His favor is life. And it's the last half I want to focus on this morning. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy cometh in the morning. Now you you can't see it on the screen because the way the words are on the screen it doesn't show this. It does show you that it's the KJV, the King James Version. In my Bible this morning there is a word that is in italics. If you don't understand what that means that in the King James a word in italics means the word was not in the original language. It was added by the translators. So I, I, I want to take that word out and read it without that word because it says it this way. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy in the morning. It may not be a huge difference in that meaning to you, but it's one thing for me to expect it to come in the morning. It's another thing when it's already there. Weeping may endure, but joy comes in the morning. Father, I thank you for your presence that is in this place today. I thank you for your spirit that has already moved and worked in this service this morning. And now, God, I pray that you would minister through your word. Lord, you know every individual in this place. In fact, your word says that you've got the very hairs of our head numbered. That's how intimately you know us. So you know every situation, every circumstance of every life in this place today. 
And I pray, God, that your word would minister this morning, that you would touch hearts and lives in this place as only you can do, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, I trust you and depend on you this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy in the morning. Joy in the morning. In Job chapter 14 and verse 14, Job says something, and I understand that the context of what Job says here is with regards to eternity. And he is first and foremost speaking of eternity. But I think there was a declaration that Job made. And in fact, by the outcome of Job's life, we can see that there was more to what Job said than just eternity. He says in chapter 14 of verse 14, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time, I preached last Sunday morning that my times are in His hand. If you weren't here last week, can I tell you today that your times, your life, every moment of your life is in God's hands. All the days of my appointed time will I Wait. What are you going to wait for, Job? Till my change come. Because at some point, my change is going to come. I've come to tell somebody this morning, and I, I really don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't really care how long it's been going on for you. Your change will come. song says he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I realize some of you today got stuff that you wish your change had already come. But the reason your change has not already come is because God is not done finishing the work of what's going on and what it's supposed to accomplish. But when it gets done, you can rest assured your change is going to come. Oh, hallelujah. So the psalmist says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. There are several things I feel impressed to communicate to you this morning about this verse and what the psalmist declares. The obvious is that if you will just hang on, you've got to hold to His hand, God's unchanging hand. Build your hope. On things eternal, hold to God's unchanging hand. Joy is 
going to come. Joy is going to come. But there's something else I want you to see from this passage. Excuse the simplicity of what I'm about to say. But I want to make a few points that may be very obvious, but I just want to make sure you get them. It says that weeping is going to endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I think part of the picture that the psalmist is trying to give is when you get into a good sleep, you really don't know what's going on. You become pretty much detached and disconnected from the events of the world. You are oblivious to what's happening. I have been very blessed, or I am very blessed. I'm one of those people that can sleep anywhere and can sleep pretty much through anything. You give me a few moments of stillness, and I, in a few moments, will be someplace else. My wife has tried to learn through the years that if she needs to wake me in the middle of the night, she she tries to do it very gently and cautiously, but it really doesn't matter how she does it. It just startles me because of the depth of the sleep that I am in. And that famous question, did you hear that? The fact that you had to wake me up should be the answer to your question. But the other the other implication here is during the night if you are awake it's a whole lot more difficult to see and perceive what is going on. It it's hard to to be able to get a glimpse and grasp of what's taking place around you in the darkness. And the psalmist says that the weeping takes place in the night, but joy will come in the morning. So here's the thing I want you to get. If in the morning there is joy, that means in the night, God is not asleep also. Oh, hallelujah. That while you may not see it, while you may not be able to perceive it, while you might not be able to recognize it, and when it may look like nothing is going on, if joy is going to be ready in the morning, something's got to be happening during the night. I come to tell somebody today who feels like you're in the middle of the night and so that means God has abandoned you and forsaken you. I can tell you today that God does some of His best work in the night. We've been singing it lately every now and then even when I don't see it. He's working. Even if I don't feel it, He's working. You never stop working. 
joy comes in the morning. I think some of us need to understand God is not a restaurant. God is a home-cooked chef, home-cooking chef. This afternoon, I imagine I'm going to end up someplace, some restaurant. Depending which one I go to, I am going to have to wait some length of time for them to prepare my food. If I go to a sit-down restaurant and the server comes to my table and I order what I want, they then have to go back to the kitchen and get everything together for my meal, cook my meal, get my meal ready. As many of you know, my wife and two daughters and Nathaniel have been out of town the last ten days and I am so thankful for a wonderful mother who lives nearby. There is no restaurant in the world. I, I love this. I got some restaurants I, I love. Some of you know one of my main ones. It's been a long time since I've said anything about Mission Barbecue and a service. My, 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 that's a crime. I, I got some places I, I love. I, I love it at Christmas time. It seems like every couple of years or so, somebody gives us a Ruth's Chris gift card. That's the only time my budget allows for Ruth's Chris. Uh, you, you may know of other places when it comes to a restaurant. At least for me, that's my favorite steak. But there is no restaurant that I would rather be at over my wife's, Meals or my mother's meals, not one. And so thankfully, my mother, every day that Timothy and I were available, offered dinner, home-cooked dinner. And I think we missed about two or three days total out of ten. My response was, if you're willing, I'm coming. <laughs> but you know what? There was a difference between going to dinner there and going to a restaurant this afternoon. Because when I walked into the house, when I opened the door, I could tell something was already happening. When I walked into the kitchen, I could see the evidence that long before I showed up, uh, you're not hearing me. Long before I ever sat down at the table, when I was off doing something else, 
When I was busy with other things, she was in the process of preparing what I would walk in and sit down to eat. I didn't know what she was doing. I wasn't there the whole time, but she was at work. Can I tell you today, God isn't Applebee's or Outback or Ruth's Chris or Mission Barbecue or any of those other places where you show up and tell him what you want And then he does it. But he is already at work. The Bible says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things that God... Get this next part. Get this next part. The things that God hath prepared. I don't have to tell you, but half prepared is past tense. He's already been working. Some of you sit here today and you're wondering, God, are you working? Are you doing anything? I've come to tell you today, he is at work. And you might be in the middle of your night, and you may be in the middle of your crying, but if you'll just hang on long enough, joy is going to come. Oh, the only... You know what? It is so absolutely, it blows my mind how many things in nature that if you really pay attention there that you can, you, you learn spiritual principles. I believe that every God created thing was created with the specific purpose of demonstrating a spiritual principle. Some of you never been outside of Maryland. Or if you've been outside of Maryland, you haven't been too far outside of Maryland. You probably know it even if you haven't been there, but just in case you missed the memo, not every night lasts the same amount of time as ours does. Everybody's night is not exactly the same. They'll go through times in some places. They'll go through times in Alaska and some other places that in the summertime there is only a couple of hours at the most of darkness. And it's my understanding that that is not even complete darkness. It's it's kind of a little more like twilight. But then they'll go through the opposite where all they will get is just a few hours of sunlight a day. Even in the middle of winter, for us, we still get a good number of hours that are light. So can I tell you today, you can't judge your night by the person next to you. Some of you are wondering if joy is ever going to come because your night has been longer than the other person's. Well, you might be in Alaska in the middle of winter. You, you just may be where there's only a few moments of 
daylight a day and you've got a longer night, but it doesn't matter. The bottom line is it don't matter where you are. There's still going to be some daylight. So your night may last longer than somebody else's. Your night may last longer than you want it to last. But if you'll just hang on, joy will come in the morning. Bible exposition commentary says about this verse that Jesus explained to his disciples, God doesn't replace sorrow with joy. Oh, somebody needs to hear this and get this. He does not replace sorrow with joy. He transforms sorrow into joy. He, he, he doesn't say, okay, thank you, I'll take that, let me give you this. It is a transformation. We get weary, we get hopeless sometimes because it's not happening like that. Oh, hallelujah, see what time it is, see how long, how long I got before the carriages turn back into pumpkins. I trust that I'm amongst people today that believe that we got here because God said. I I will admit to you, I do believe in the Big Bang Theory. I do. I believe with all of my heart in the Big Bang Theory. I believe when God spoke, that was the biggest bang that you've ever heard. Genesis 1 tells us that God created. And it says, it says something along these lines throughout creation. God said, and it was so. God said, let there be light, and there was light. I, I, I don't want to overanalyze it, but that implies to me God said it, it happened. I don't see space and time between God said it and it was so. God said it and it was so. And all throughout creation, that's exactly what happened until God got to man. Now you tell me if God could have simply said and it was so and, and, the, and the, the universe as orderly as it is was put in place and, and 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 mountains and trees and 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 all of these things and, and just by his word you mean to tell me he could not have said let there be man and poof there was man could he not have done that absolutely he could have that's no harder for him than anything else he created by speaking but if you'll notice when he got to man The Bible says that he formed him. He said, let us make man. And he formed him from the dust of the earth. All of that other stuff in creation appears to be an act of God speaking, and it was so. But when you form something, When you shape something and make it, that is not an act. 
That is a process. The act happens. The process takes time. And I believe that when God got to man, the way he created man was intentional so that you and I could understand. While he has the power to speak and it happens, most of the time what he's going to do in your life and in my life is not going to be an act. It is going to be a process. Oh, hallelujah. That's why you can't get weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. He said to the prophet Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house, and I want you to watch the potter work. You don't go from a lump of clay... To a finished vessel in a moment. Doesn't happen. You, you, you don't go from this formless lump of clay to a vessel that is now ready to be used. There are many, many, many steps to get from the lump of clay to the finished vessel. Anybody feel like your world is like this today? Anybody feel like you're just spinning out of control? Guess what? It's not out of control. You're on the wheel. Anybody feel like while you're doing this, you're also getting squeezed and pressed and pushed? Guess what? You are in the perfect place. The Father's got you on the wheel and you're spinning and He's shaping. You're spinning and He's shaping. But when He gets done with the process, you are going to be a finished vessel. Oh, hallelujah. Paul... Paul said it like this, we have this treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I may be just an earthen vessel, but I still have to be shaped and molded into a vessel that can contain the power. I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people go to church. They have this great experience. Some get born again. They receive the Holy Ghost. They speak in other tongues, just like the Bible said. And they get baptized in Jesus' name. And they're all excited. They'll, they'll go and tell people, man, I got the best thing I've ever got. They'll go to work the next day. Man, guess what I got yesterday? What'd you get? I got the Holy Ghost. You got the what? I got the Holy Ghost, and guess what I did? What'd you do? I, I, I spoke in this language I didn't understand. You did what? Are you sure you were at church? <laughs> you get all excited. Woo! You, you realize the weight and the load of your sins have been 
lifted and you've been washed and made clean. And there's usually this, this honeymoon. See, if, you're, if you've been around a while, you survived the honeymoon. What happens is the honeymoon ends and you start realizing, wait a minute, I still got this issue in my life. I still got this problem. I'm still driving the same old broken down car. I'm still living in the same old leaky house. I still got the same old broken down spouse. You, and you realize everything has not become perfect. And you start to get disillusioned. Oh, John the Baptist stands there before a crowd of people and says, as Jesus arrives on the scene, he says, behold the Lamb of God. This is the one I've been telling you about. This is the one whose shoes I am not, uh, I am not worthy to undo his shoes. Nobody else knew yet who Jesus was. He hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't cast out any devils. He hadn't opened any blind eyes, raised any deaf or dead people, opened any deaf. He hadn't done anything. And yet John stands there and boldly says, Behold the Lamb of God. But give it a little bit of time. John is now sitting in prison. Things don't look too good. And some of his disciples come to visit him. And he says to them, hey, hey, fellas, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go ask Jesus a question. I need you to go ask him a question. John goes from a declaration to a question. I'm preaching to some folks this morning, not guests. Not people that just showed up today. I'm preaching to some people that have been around a while. You are, if you're not careful, moving from declaration to question. John said, ask him, are you the one? Or do we look for another? Wait a minute, John. You just said not too long ago that he was the one. And now you are asking. Here's something that's very interesting to me about this passage. Is when John declares that Jesus was the Lamb of God. Again, Jesus had done nothing at that point. Not one single miracle. And yet John says, behold the Lamb of God. Now he's questioning. They go and they ask Jesus John's question. And Jesus says, go tell John. The blind see. The lame walk. The deaf hear. The poor have the gospel preached. It's interesting to me that when there was no external evidence... John declares he's the Lamb of God. Now that there's plenty of evidence, miracles, signs, wonders, 
Now John questions. What happened? What happened was the next thing that Jesus told them to tell John. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. One translation says, Blessed is he who's not offended in the way I run his life. You see, I I don't I don't I don't think John had a problem with the fact that he wasn't the man. I think John knew from the beginning, I'm I'm not the man. He's the man. But I think what John probably expected is that while I may not be the man, when the man comes, the man and me are going to make a great team. I'll step out of the way because he's the one. I'm not the one. But I, I know, surely, after I do my part, he'll be so thankful for me doing my part that he'll make me the vice president of the corporation. And now John finds himself sitting in prison. The difference to me is, as long as John was standing in front of that crowd telling everybody, Behold the Lamb of God. He was good. But when the rest of the story didn't go quite the way he expected, he was not as good with that as he was with the beginning. I, I, I preach, I, I didn't come to preach specifically to, specifically to you, but, but I'm looking around this congregation right now, and I see some folks that have been around here a while. And I see some of you, that from a natural perspective, from a natural perspective, you could say there are situations and circumstances in your life that are worse now than they used to be. 70s, right? You came in the 70s. Been here since the, been here since the, what years? 70, 79, since 79. We won't do the math. We'll just leave it right there. Been here since 79. The last year or two, been through some major health issues, battles, struggles, dealing with stuff that, I mean, by now, you ought to be just walking on water, right? Others of you, your finances have been better in the past than they are now. And you've been faithful. Blessed. Boy, this message is taking a... Hopefully I'm on just the side road. We'll get back on the highway. I'm making my way towards the Bay Bridge, and we're on the... What's that word? Road? I ought to know. I drive a service road. We're going to get back on the highway in just a moment. You'll be able to breathe. (laughs) This isn't what I signed up. This isn't what I was... This isn't what I bargained for. Oh, you mean you're offended in the way he runs your life. I got to get my bearings. I got lost there. I don't know how I got off on all that. 
He, can you handle it when he decides that, you know what, I still got some nights for you to go through. I still got some seasons of weeping that you're going to go through. But again, the promise is it's going to endure for the night. But in the morning, I've got joy. And it is a transformation. The same baby that causes the mother pain also brings the mother more pain. I mean joy. Just different kinds of pain. I'm learning firsthand there's pain that comes from positive things. That's another message for another day. The same baby that brings the sorrow in birth is the same one that brings but that's it's not a it's not a it's not a momentary exchange. Some of you what you need today is I know not what you want. But really the thing some of you need today is simply patience. Hebrews says, after you've done the will of God, it's not faith that you need. It's not faith. We focus so much on faith, and I said it already in this service, you don't have to have a whole lot of faith. Jesus said, if you got a mustard seed of faith, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. There's very few people that their problem is faith. Most people, their problem is patience. And for those of you that don't know it, that word patience there is not, you know, you're sitting in the doctor's office and your appointment was at 10 a.m. and it's now 12 p.m. And you're just smiling and waving because you're just... No, that's not what that word patience means. That word patience is endurance. The Greek word actually means that you stay under. You stay under the circumstances you are in. You stay under the burden and the weight of what's going on in your life. But if you will have endurance after you've done the will of God, the promise is you will receive the promise. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The temporary things that you are going through are producing eternal things. Oh, hallelujah. Say it again. The temporary things that are going on in your life that God has allowed and ordained are working to produce something eternal. How does that happen? Paul explains it in the next verse. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. 
For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I believe it was the prophet Elijah. It may have been Elisha. I get them confused most of the time. But they were surrounded by an army. Just the two of them. The prophet and his servant. Surrounded by an army. And the servant comes to the man of God. Making sure he is aware. (laughs) That we are surrounded. And we've got no out. And the prophet prays this prayer. Lord. Open his eyes. And let him see. That those that are for us are more than what is against us. And what he was able to see, that beyond the army that had them surrounded, there was something much greater. There was a heavenly host surrounding that army. Can I tell you today, I don't care how big it is, the thing that has you surrounded, I can tell you today there is something that is bigger than that. I don't care how great the difficulty you're facing today, I know someone who is greater. And if somehow you could just let the Lord open your eyes to see that what is for you is greater than what is against you. Hmm. I say it this way. What would happen to some of you today if you just simply decided every tear that falls down my face is one tear closer to the joy. Instead of your tears being a negative thing, overwhelming you and discouraging and depressing you, you just need to decide, you know what, every tear is a step closer to the joy. Every tear is one step closer to the sun that's going to rise and my circumstances are going to change and God is going to show me what He has been preparing. Oh. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. You never stop working. In a couple of weeks, I plan... To plant grass seed. And I'm going to break up the ground and put some fertilizer down. And then I'm going to plant that grass seed. And I'm going to run inside and get me a glass of sweet tea. And come back outside. And look at my beautiful new lawn. That is the way it works, right? That that is the way it works, right? 
Anybody plant any vegetables this year? Anybody do any vegetables? What'd you plant, Brother Al? Some peppers. Yeah. You, you put them pepper seeds in the ground that morning, and then that night y'all were eating peppers for dinner, right? Really? You, you didn't even put seeds in the ground. Oh. Oh, you're not helping me. I need... You know, plants already growing. Somebody start with a seed? You started with a seed, what'd you plant, brother? Corn. Put that corn. Man, I love corn. My mother, I, I walked in one day. I walked in one day, and there was corn in the pot. But I walk over to the sink. My mother's got the way her sink is, she got two large sinks and then this little small sink. And sitting right in the middle was two pieces of corn that had been shucked and cleaned and waiting for me. If you've never had corn uncooked, you ain't had corn. Y'all folks that have to put salt and butter and all that on it, you don't you that you don't like corn. I don't like coffee. That's why I put cream and sugar in it. You you put that corn in the ground. And I'm sure the day you put it in the ground, you were planning to eat corn that evening, right? No. Well, we know when you plant something and you don't get the results of it that evening, you need to go back to the store and get your money back because you got defective seed. Stay with me. I know I'm, I know I'm in elementary right now. Some of y'all are already, already in your theological doctorates. Absolutely not. You understand that you put the seed in the ground. Not only do you not reap anything immediately, depending what you have on what you have sown, you also probably will not see anything for a while. I've learned when I put that grass seed out there, Good, healthy grass seed is not going to show me any results for a couple of weeks. But the seed is working. Why is it that you will sit here this morning and understand and trust that when you put a seed in the ground, you can't see it grow, you can't see what's happening, but you know something's happening, and you have the patience to wait on it to come to maturity, but you won't trust God. That because you're not seeing anything, and you're not feeling anything, then nothing is happening. Oh, absolutely not. The same way that seed is working and growing and producing is the same way God is at work in your life. Can I challenge somebody? I'll say it this way. Can I beg somebody today? Don't give up in the middle of God's process. 
put that seed in the ground, you can go out a couple of days later and not see anything. So you just dig up the seed and throw it away. I think that's what some of us do sometimes in the middle of what God is doing. It's not working. It's not, nothing's happening. So forget it. We dig up the seed. We have to start all over preaching to some people today some of you are at some phase maybe you just started your night perhaps some of you are in the middle and others of you it's just about to be morning I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost today your weeping may endure for the night but your joy is being prepared in the middle of your weakness Let me read one more passage, two verses, two verses as I close. The prophet Jeremiah says this in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse number 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. If you're waking up to new mercy every morning, that means while you've been sleeping, God has been working. When you wake up in the morning... And the scent of new mercy catches your nose. That is the indication that even when you were not aware of it, God was in the process of preparing for you. I want you to stand if you would, please. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Would you just, if you would, right where you are right now, just just bow your head, close your eyes. I, I believe the Lord is talking to some folks right now. I believe the Lord's been speaking to some of you this morning. And if that's at all, you're, if you think that at all, then I am confirming to you He's talking to you. Don't sit there and wonder, well, I'd like it to be for me, but it's probably for somebody else. I, I wish God was speaking to me, but He's probably speaking to somebody else. No, 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 no. He's speaking to you right now. You may be in the middle of your night. You may be familiar with the tears that are flowing down your face right now. But I believe the Lord has sent me to tell you today, joy. Joy is going to come in the morning. Joy is going to come in the morning. Let me forgive. You can, you can look back up for a moment if you want. If you want to keep praying, that's fine. Forgive the play on words, but I, I just feel to say this to somebody. Not only does joy come in the morning, but joy also comes through the morning. It comes in the M-O-R-N-I-N-G. But it comes through 
the M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, I think. <laughs> why, why do you want to just believe the world's perspective on stuff? Why? Why? Why just take the world's perspective? Why don't you take God's perspective? That don't make sense to me, preacher. Well, all I know is the prophet Isaiah said, he said, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you, I'll just, I'll trade. You give me your ashes and I will in return give you beauty. And then he says this. For the oil of mourning, I'm going to give you a garment. Pray. Excuse me, I'll give you the oil of joy for your mourning. I will give you I, I, the last couple of days, we we when the house we've now purchased, we're downsizing, got to get rid of a bunch of stuff. So I've been I've been trying to sell some stuff on Facebook Marketplace, and 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 I I put a dresser on there, and I put the, put the amount for the dresser on there, and and I got people right away. I mean, their their first response wasn't, "Is this still available?" Their first response was, "Will you take this?" I'm like, no, did you not read what I posted? I, mean, I got it on there like five minutes, and the first person sent me a message, offered me like $30, $40 less. No. I have a value that I have established for what I want to give it up for. Yeah. How hopeless, how hopeless would you and I be? If the only way God gave us what He had was for us to give Him something of equal value, we would be finished from the start. He says, if you got some ashes, guess what I got? I got beauty. Are you? Do you have mourning? I have the oil of joy. And I am willing to trade. Could it be today that what some of you are resenting in your life right now is the very vehicle God has decided to use to bring you to what He ultimately has for you? If you would, one more time, close your eyes. You don't need to respond or pray for yourself. I'm asking you to do that for just a moment, if nothing else, out of respect for those around you. But I believe there's somebody here right now. I believe it's more than one person. I believe there's some people in this place right now that God is speaking to you, that God has been speaking to you this morning. And as a step of faith, I know it would be a lot more comfortable right where you are, but I, I said it already in this service when we were praying. You've got to have faith. You've got to act on faith. So as a step of faith, if you are willing 
to accept and believe that God is speaking to you this morning and you want what God has said to be sealed in your heart and you want what God is doing to be accomplished in your life, would you step out of your seat right now and make your way down to this area, this altar area? You can kneel, you can stand, you can do whatever those things you want to, but would you come right now? Would some of you come and make a trade today? Would some of you come this morning and make a trade? God, I got nothing but ashes to give you today. I got nothing but ashes to give you this morning. But if you're willing to trade my ashes for beauty, I'll make that trade. God, I've got a lot of mourning. But if you've got some joy that you'll trade with me, I'll give you my mourning for the joy. Could I get some believers that would help me right now? You don't need to respond for yourself this morning. And would you let the Lord lead you to minister to somebody else right now? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I wish I could tell everybody today your morning is over. Your night is over. I wish I could tell everybody today your night is ended. I can't tell you that. Some of you again, your night may have just started. You may just be entering into the night. But what I can tell you is, you'll just hang on after the night, after the weeping. There's going to be joy. Even in the midst of the sorrow and the night that you're going through, at the same time, God, is that work preparing something for you? You never failed me. He's not going to wait until it's all over to prepare what He has. He's not going to wait until everything is finished to give you what He has and get it all together. But while you are in the midst of going through your night, God is already working. Your word will come to in the midst of the darkness when you can't see it and when you can't feel it when you can't sense it God is at work Jesus you're still maybe in the night season and the weeping you may be in the night season with the weeping but there's joy my heart will there's joy sing coming. Your praise again. There's going to be new mercy after your night. There's going to be new mercy after your night. Stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. Oh, yes. Even if I don't feel it, you're still your faithful. Hands. Even if this I'm not seeing it right now, you're still faithful. You never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. My night might be the last good night, but I'm going to make it through. And there's going to be joy in the morning. This is my confidence. I may have to go through one of those extended nights. But at some point, it's going to be morning again and there's going to be joy. Great is your faithfulness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Still in your hands. 
never failed me. And you're never gonna fail me. Never failed me yet. You've never failed me before, and you're never no. going to fail me. Everything may not have all gone exactly the way I wanted it, but your plan, your purpose was accomplished. Your ways may not be my ways. Your plan may not be my plan, but in the end, your ways are always better than my ways, and your I've plan is you always move. better than my plan. So give me the grace to make I it through the night. Give me the grace to make it through the night and through the weeping. To make it to the joy that's coming in the morning. I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the Still in 
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. Your promise still stands. the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus give us grace to get to the morning God give us grace to get to the morning God no matter how long this night may be give us grace to get to the morning in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Give us the strength to not be weary in well-doing. For in due season you promised we would reap if we didn't give up. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 